coming up on the Get Loud podcast presented by SeatGeek, Jinx, Smoot. Oh, we got a little bit of everything started with defensive line and secondary for the commanders. Oh, most definitely love those groups. Oh, and those CBs. I remember when you walked into a room, you were a rookie year. We got to hear that story. Oh, yes. I had Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, Champ Bailey. Everybody got a yellow jacket except me. <laughs> Plus, college football with all your realignment, and we go off on wrestling. Oh, I love wrestling. Coco Beware, that's my dude. Jimmy Fly Snooker. I love them all. That's next on the Get Loud Podcast. Welcome to the first ever Get Loud Podcast. Michael Jenkins, Fred Smoot, brought to you by SeatGeek. And we're trying to describe what this is going to be about, and it was tomfoolery. Debauchery. Debauchery. Uh, get loud. We're going we're gonna to say what we want to say, and we're going to say it very loudly and very proudly. All right? Shenanigans? A, a little bit of shenanigans. A little bit of shenanigans. Just a splash in it to make the drink good. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, of course, we're going to talk about training camp, talk yeah. about what you've been doing. You have to feel good about whenever you take a break. Yeah. I notice I'll go online, I'll look at the YouTube stuff that we do, Command Center Training Camp. Yeah. And and the first thing everyone says is, where's Smoot? Where's Smoot? Where's Smoot? Where you been? Uh, well, you know what? I had to deal with the ex-wife. So at the end of the day, I had to go take care of my business. Plus, I had actually lost my voice. I think the older I'm getting jinx, I'm developing a dairy. Like, I, I don't respond to milk the way I used okay. to. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm developing an allergy or something to milk. And I love milk. Like, I'm one of the people like, I will drink it. 90 degree Milk drinkers are like under a special umbrella. Yes, we are. Yes, yes we are. Yes, but are. Now, I don't know if I'm still one of them or not. Like, I think I'm getting lactose intolerant right now. Okay. Does yeah. it affect your voice or anything? Like, Yes, it did make my voice, it, it made my it, it made my glands swell up and stuff like yeah. that. So I was like, you know what? I need to step away from the milk for a second. So now I'm drinking like 1% milk right now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You can't give it up completely. No, I can't give it up completely. I'm addicted to it. <laughs> so I'm glad you're back and everyone else is glad you're back. Yeah. When you talk about training camp, everyone yeah. says, the kids say, the vibes. What are the vibes like when you walk out here? Just when you feel the fans, when you see the yeah. team practice, what are the vibes like here? Energy, 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 mm -hmm. energy. The rebirth. All right, what the... We've been a sleeping giant for mm -hmm. so long. Like when the only thing I ain't even focused on the players. I've only been focused on the crowd. I've been focused on the mm -hmm. fans. I've been focused on the energy. I've been focused on the families. Like I've seen fans, but now I'm starting to see the young fans come back yeah. out. Like the three year olds. I saw some kids throwing passes like, 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 out there. Yeah. That's what I'm talking. That's how you build a fan base. It ain't about the fans you got now. It's about the fans of tomorrow. Yeah. And right now, and the one thing that when Coach Gills was here, he was big on family. He was big on the mm -hmm. fact that people came here with their sons, their fathers, their, their daughters, and, and, and this is their part of their memory. Mm -hmm. Now we got that back. We got that back. And, and Washington football at its finest. When I made it here in 01, the Fan base was pretty much alive, yeah. alive and yeah, well, yeah. and I'm happy that John Allen, I'm happy that Terry McLaurin get to feel that because they deserve that. Right? These guys mm -hmm. go out there and play their ass off, and they yeah. don't get. And, and I love the fact that now they got a full fan base behind them. And I think it's almost come full circle too. You think about the new ownership group of Josh Harris is that yeah. he grew up with this scheme. He yes. remembers Joe Gibbs, yes. so it's like now I'm going to bring it back to the way it was. Yes, yes. Most, nostalgia is everything. Yes. Like if you ever want to sell somebody something, you can sell them my old shoe if it got. Nostalgia hooked to it, and that's what it's about. Yeah. He remembers, uh, and, and that's it, 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 like the one thing we forget about sports is it's the ultimate 
reality show. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the longest running reality show of all time, but it's one thing that brings everybody together. Uh, it, it brings no doubt. people together under one roof, under one cloth. Yep. No matter if you're cheering against the team or you're cheering for the team, it brings us together. And that's what we had lost for a couple of years here. So we know the fans are excited and yeah. it definitely is a new era, but when you watch practice, and I know a lot of times you guys will focus on different position groups, yeah. whatever it is, what's the one group? We can get into guys. What's the one group right now that you've been impressed with? You got to talk about this D-line. You do? Like, you know what? I want to talk about the DBs. I'm biased. I'm always about to cover specialists. I thought you were going to say DBs and Emmanuel Forbes. But guess what? Team big boys, they just, they look the part. They Mm -hmm. are the part. This is where we spent most of our draft capital at. Those guys are setting the tone. It's getting to the point sometimes we can't even watch practice because they are ruining it. They are ruining practice. The defense. Because they're dominating so much? They are dominating. And and I was just talking to Jack Del Rio out there today. He's like, he got this smirk on his face. He got this smirk that he can call anything that he wants to call. And like he said, you know, Smooth, like, Every training camp, the defense, we start faster than him. Yeah. Right? Because our, our plays are, are, are pretty much isolated plays, and we can run and we can go play fast yeah. where they got to get that timing down. But he was like, at the end of the day, we are setting the tone. We yeah. are dominating, and I expect for them to dominate. And ain't nothing like a defensive coordinator when he got his dogs and he got his mm-hmm. people that he trusts. Because football is all about trust. You keep hearing that, obviously, these guys are good, but – that definitely makes the secondary makes their job easier. easier. How much easier? If I had a D line like this, I would have never backed up, and I could have played with a bandana on my eyes. I didn't need nothing. I could have played. I could have played blind with this defensive <laughs> line because at the end of the day, we are tailored. My, my my success is tailored to the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Like quarterbacks in the NFL don't make mistakes. Uncomfortable quarterbacks make mistakes. Okay. All right, well, my D line is gonna be the reason that they uncomfortable. My D line gonna be the reason that they throwing out their back foot. Are they throwing it a, a, a tad bit too early than they supposed to do it? So at the end of the day, man, you were full of St. Juice. They, you're gonna make your money with this defensive line. Yeah. And, th- and no, don't just talk about you know everybody talk about pain. Everybody talk about Allen. Don't forget about them two defensive end. Listen to me. Chase Young will have his best year as a pro this contract year. I'm, I'm year, going out at contract years, some of our contract years. They do it for you us. Know. I, I know it. Like, if you ever want to see the best of Fred Smooth, put me in a contract year, Jinx. That's what you do. Put me in a contract year. You can get the best out of me. And Sweat is another guy that he's been right there, like, right there at 15 sacks. Right there. Because he's, he's touching the quarterback at mm-hmm. every chance. I think this is the year that he turns into the Montez Sweat. We know he can be. It is the Get Loud Podcast. Fred Smooth, Michael Jenkins, presented by Seat Geek. So, it took what? I'm looking at the clock here. Yeah. It took about five, six minutes to get to Emmanuel Forbes. Yes. But listen, performance is performance. It's yeah. not just you. Everyone's saying this guy looks like the real deal. I, I told you he was the real deal. Like, listen, I'm not a shoe salesman. I, I'm not Al Bundy. But I, <laughs> I, I, but I can tell football talent. Like, I'm not biased. I was never biased with him going to Mississippi State, with yeah. him breaking my records, with him doing all the stuff he's doing. I was looking at a player. I legitimately said, I think he's the best cornerback in college football. Mm-hmm. And his interceptions, if you go back and study him, they are not what I call in-the-play interceptions. I mean, you made the right decision. You backpedaled right. Yep. You did everything you need to do. You got the interception. He studies for these interceptions. Like, the, the interception in Kentucky against Will Levis on the screenplay. Like, that's because he studied, he believed what he studied, and he put it on film. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that he does. And he's silky smooth, and he's light as a feather. I tell people all the time, it's harder. Go outside right now. Grab a rock. And grab a bird feather. Try to throw both of them. See which one you throw the father. <laughs> right. right. The feather you cannot throw. And he is that feather. I right? at 175 pounds. <laughs> and, and guess what? 
Talking to Dale Green. Dale Green got here. He was 174 pounds. My first weigh in, I was 175. Were you really? 175. I'm going to tell you something too, Jinx. I don't tell many people this. I went in the weight room and I tried to put like five pound weights in my uh, like your in my shorts. Yep. In my shorts. And Red Man, my trainer at the time, he was like, boy, you don't take this stuff. Like, hey. I was 175 pounds. And he told me then, it ain't about your weight, it's mm-hmm. about your game. Mm-hmm. All right, and I, t- and I told Emmanuel Ford this If they can't hate on your game They'll hate on your frame So at the end of the day mm-hmm. Just go out there and ball out and that's, just, great and that's what he does That's what he does So what was your welcome to the NFL moment In training camp Because Ford's a rookie You were there yeah. at one time And this is that time of year When you learn real quick The yeah. difference between college and no, NFL Oh you real learned. quick Well my thing was I held out for like three, four days for extra money. Like that's what that's how arrogant of a rookie I was. <laughs> and then when I got to training camp in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, Marty Schottenheimer was my coach. And Marty oh. was like, you know what? We already know he can cover my first day of practice. And he was like, put him at middle linebacker. I'm like, what? What? He like, yes, we finna do goal line. And put him at middle linebacker. And let's see, can he tackle? And Donnell Bennett is the fullback. And Steven Davis is the tailback. Oh, my God. I get in the huddle. Uh, Bruce Smith look at me and say, you know what? Boy, don't wait on him. Go die in that hole. Meaning go downhill. Be the aggressor. Uh, go downhill. For four, five plays, I just rammed in there like, I don't know what happened. All I know, I got destroyed in there. Destroyed in there. But I, I kept getting back up, and mm-hmm. I think that's what he wanted to see. He took me down through that. And then, not, not only after that, after that hard practice that I had, I started to walk back to, my, to, to the dorm room mm-hmm. where we were standing. And as I walked through, I was like, I started to see shoes on the ground and pillows on the ground. Like, I got shoes look just like that. I got a shirt look like that. I get in my room. They, the vets then threw all of my stuff after Wonder. Oh. All of my clothes, all of my shoes, my TV, everything is just laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I started getting hazed like very quickly. I <laughs> they, they was really at me. I, I had fun though. And I knew they like like Coach Schottenheimer told me they only do it because they like you. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's a sign of almost like you're part of the team. That's yeah, what yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like you, you you, you a rookie, you starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they gonna give you a little heat. So when you talk about just running, hitting the hole like that, yeah. you know you're gonna get killed. Oh yeah, I'm so, gonna get killed. So how much of that is just like I gotta earn the respect? Like I gotta right earn respect now, of these, right now. Well, here's the thing about it. I think this is what we realized very quickly coming from college is these are grown men. Mm-hmm. I, and, and what I did was I realized like, like it takes like three, four weeks for you to wipe the starstruck out off of you. Yeah, like. I would just sit and watch Dale Green. Like, I was just amazed mm-hmm. that I'm on a team with Dale Green right. and Bruce Smith. Like, yeah. I, like, it took three, four weeks for me to wipe that off. And, and, and I was like, you know what? I got to go earn these guys' respect. I got to go show them that Fred Smoot can play football. And not only play football, I got to show them that I can play on their level. And I would just remember, I, I sit down and I talk to Dale Green. And I was like, Dale, how do you keep a job for 20 Years when everybody's going after your job, yes. And he said, You know what, Smooth? He was like, What's my backup name? I like, I don't know your backup name. He like, Because I never let him play. I right, and, and it's simple. Yeah. Then, like, when he told me that, that, I was like, I, I'm not gonna miss any games. All right, yeah. And that's how I always was. I never missed a game in high school, I never missed a game in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss my first pro game until like my sixth year in the league. 
like I just never miss games. Like the best ability is availability. Can That's you right. be there for me? And and Daryl Green told me that in one statement. He's like, you don't know my backup name, and you'll never know my backup name. Oh God, I love that. <laughs> That's why he's a Hall of Famer, no, right? No, there. That's why he's yeah. Daryl Green, right? Like at the end of the day, and I'm all, I've been a I'm a sponge. I'm a leech. I like to I like to soak up just knowledge mm-hmm. from people. So and. Vets will usually talk to you if you if you sit down and talk to me. Most rookies ain't as talkative as I am. I came in, I'm talkative. I, I ask questions. I, I don't really care. And you got to realize, my first DB room, I walked out of it when I walked in there. When I first walked in my DB room, I had Daryl Green, Deion Sanders, Champ Bailey. There's a three yellow oh jackets. Oh, my God. Three yellow jackets. Were you I, intimidated? You had to be. Oh, Mark Carey, Sam Shade. Oh, Mark Carrier too. Oh, all my. of them. I walked out. I walked in there, and I walked back out of there. And I asked Marshawn, "Why did you draft me?" He was like, "Son, go go in that room. We drafted you for a reason. All right, mm-hmm. go in there, learn everything you can learn. You the you the future. All right, but it, it was just so. I, it wasn't intimidating to me, but mm-hmm. it was like it, it was. It showed me what the league is about. Yeah, yeah. So when did you feel like all right? Now I've made it. Maybe it wasn't your rookie season, but yeah. when was it when you felt like, okay, I belong here? Oh, I felt in preseason. Immediately. Immediately. Immediately, I felt like I belong through practice. Mm-hmm. Checking Michael Westbrook. Uh, Rod Gardner, I had already dominated him in college, so I wasn't worried about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first preseason game was Kansas City. Marty, Marty was my coach. Kansas City was oh, his yeah, old team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tried to throw three fade routes in a row on me in the goal line with Snoop Menace, which was another rookie at yep. that time. I broke up all three of them. <laughs> then I knew, I said, you know what? I not only belong, I could dominate it. I could dominate at that. What's your favorite story from your rookie season? Could be someone else. Yeah. Could be you where you just look back and think, I can't believe that happened my rookie season. Ooh, well, probably my first game. Okay. My first game of the year, my rookie year, uh, San Diego. We went played the Chargers. Uh, Doug Flutie. Uh, Doug Flutie. I remember being <laughs> in this game and watching the game because I'm a, when I'm not on the field, I still like really pay attention to the game. And Junior Seau. Oh, God bless you. Dominated. Him, listen to me. I thought it was three of him out there. Like every play, <laughs> all I heard was Junior Seau on the tackle. Junior Seau on the tackle. Like I said, how many? How many of them is it? Like. Dominated the game, and I went out there and I have a very impressive game. I got my mm-hmm. first interception. I got a fumble recovery. I had like eight tackles. I was like, I, I got like defensive player of the week. So it that was the game that just did it for me. Yeah, I, I was starstruck, but at the same time, out there handling my business. But it was like surreal to me. It was. From the national anthem to everything, and I never forget playing on that dirt field. Listen, the worst. Oh, that's at the old, the they, old baseball, yeah, the Padres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all listen to me. The worst field in football. I had like I was like, this cannot be pro football. I had just left the SEC. You know, was SEC. it worse than like the vet? It was worse than the vet. Really? Now, the only thing that made the vet worse, it had a jailhouse at the bottom of it. That's <laughs> the only thing that made the vet worse. But the end of the day, really like a real jailhouse. No, like yeah. no. Philly fans looked at that as a a, a badge of courage. Oh, like, they take pride in it. Pride in the fact that I spent the weekend in jail at the vet. <laughs> All right, my rookie year, matter of fact, we had a game got stopped on Monday night because it was a fight in the stands at the vet, and they took everybody to jail downstairs. Weren't there players? I re- I remember hearing about this that you couldn't take your families. No, to, you just couldn't do it. I'll never forget. Like at the end of the day, no, that we was told early, do not. 
bring your family to Philadelphia yeah. is just not safe. All right, and I'm 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 thinking in my head, what you what do you mean? Yeah. Until I played there, and then I understand. And these are the same people that boot Santa Claus and mm-hmm. beat up the Easter Bunny. So we know that these people do not care about people. All right, they, they don't care. <laughs> we have some breaking news that you Commanders fans are going to want to hear. It is official. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Washington Commanders. That's right. The deal is finalized, and SeatGeek is the newest member of the Commanders family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Commanders games or to any other event in the DMV, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Washington Commanders, so Commanders fans can fan. All right, I want to go back to your rookie season. Then we got yeah. some other stuff to talk about here. Yeah. It is the Get Loud Podcast. Fred Smoot, Michael Get Jenkins. Get Loud brought to you by SeatGeek. <laughs> so you actually, I cannot believe this. You actually roomed yeah. your rookie season with your former high school and college teammates? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The funny thing about it, uh, my college, I mean, my high school, we got four of us made it to the NFL. Okay. Uh, That's crazy right there. Yeah, three of us played for the same team, Mississippi State. We went to the same college. Uh, Jamal Dinkins, which was my tailback, fullback, and mm-hmm. linebacker in high school, he played uh, linebacker in uh, Mississippi State. He also came here as a free agent, college free agent. Okay. And I got drafted here, and we was roommates from the time. So the familiarity was there. And just to go this long voyage together, yeah. I think meant everything to us. And, and it was a part of who we are. And you got to realize, my high school team had Tommy Kelly, which was the D-tackle for the uh, Oakland Raiders, and yep. uh, the New England Patriots. He was on my team, so we had like we was packed with talent. You'll never forget this. When we checked in ninth grade, I was ninety pounds. Jamal Dinkins was two hundred and twenty. In ninth grade, ninth grade, he looked like a specimen. I looked at him and said, "If this is what football finna be, I'm going to be a doctor." This is the way it's gonna go, Doctor Smooth. Like they're going to make sure that I have a pen in my hand. Like he was just the the biggest human being I had ever seen in Mm -hmm. my life. If you were a doctor, what kind yeah. of doctor would you be? Ah, uh, I don't know. I feel like Dr. Phil yeah, or you know, Oprah. You know what? More of a more of a psychologist. Oh, okay. not a physical doctor. Like right. I don't do well with smells, and I don't do well with blood. Yeah, you yeah. would think a football player would be good. With you would that think doctor. with blood. Yeah, I've seen my shit. and smells. Yeah, 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 but I don't. I don't do them well. But I am mental. I love to. Yeah, like I went to school for psychology. I got a minor in psychology. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, broadcast communication is my major. Psychology. So I learned people and learned how to talk trash to them. <laughs> that was my plan when I made it to college. But at the end of the day, it. it I, I like to like. Get in the psyche of people. See what people are thinking. See where yeah. you at mentally. See what I can learn from you and what you can learn from me. This is what I would have been. I would have been more of a shrink. I would have been Dr. Yeah. Feelgood. Do you- <laughs> yeah, Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood Jenkins. <laughs> Do you think that helped you in the pros? I, I Seriously, because yeah. you know how much of the game, of any game, is yeah. mental. Yeah. So you studying psychology or being someone who was interested in the mental part of just life, did that help you in some way in football? Yeah, it helped me be Professor X. I Listen, it helped me... Not ever get too high on myself. Okay. Never ever get too low on myself. And you see it now with players. A lot of players go through what they call, you know, go through their mental ups and downs. And and they need these wellness. Like, I was prepared for this. I was prepared for the harshness of the NFL. Mm -hmm. I was prepared for the good part of the NFL. But the one thing I can say that just studying psychology did for me, it helped me learn that it takes a lot of energy to be somebody else. It takes no energy to be yourself. Oh, I love that. All right, so it, I, See, I, I'm learning lessons right now. Because I'm a shrink. I should be charging you by the hour right now. But all I'm saying, it, it, it showed me just don't ever get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Live in the now. 
in Jordan now. The past is in stone, but the future is clay. It can be molded. Oh, I love that. All right, so let's talk about molding your future. And if you're yeah. a young guy, you're trying to make it to the NFL, you've been there. Yeah. How much easier or is it easier when people say, oh, if you're in the SEC, if yeah. you're in the Big Ten, it's easier to make the transition than if you're in the AAC. Is that overstated or is that true? No, that's true. Yeah. The SEC is the minor league of, uh, 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 of the – I knew this was coming. No, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to tell you how – actually, when we come from the SEC, when we play in stadiums in the NFL, it's a downgrade. Our stadiums are. I've heard that. Our I mean, if you think of pure attendance, it's true. I've been saying, like, the stadiums are huge. Uh, they are upscale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about going to Alabama with 95,000. You're talking about Death Valley with 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. You're, t- you're talking Georgia. You're talking Florida. Like, these are not environments that you just walk right. in. You got to realize, LSU, the reason that we play mostly night games at LSU because it's too hot during the day. Yeah. That's why they use it. The, play the games at night and you go in there it's just a smell a stench of nothing but crawfish cigars and beer I'm talking about it's different like then not only do they do this they they put the tiger in a cage right next to your locker room so when you walk out the locker room it's a live oh, they do that on purpose, tiger then. right there trying to intimidate you and I'm like only in the SEC right. will you get this right here so I think the one thing, the environments are very loud. I've played in places like Alabama where mm-hmm. it got so loud I could feel the ground shaking beneath my feet. Is that right? Every play. I could feel the ground. Like, I was like, it, it, the Richter scale is off the meter right now. So the environment plus the athletes. All right, the athletes, you could talk about all the guys that made it. I think when you talk about the SEC, you got to talk about the guys that didn't make it. It's so many. There's a lot. Like, it's just so many guys. And every given Sunday, somebody can have your number. And, and I think we know each other so much because we went to camps. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we've all touched bases and crossed paths at certain points in our life. So when we do, when I do meet the Dante Styles worst of the world, yeah. like we, we, we've already <laughs> been there and we already got these grudge matches against each other. I've heard this before, and I don't know if this is true, but you can clarify it for me, that pro athletes, when they they get together and talk. They'll talk some pros, but if they play together in college, they talk about college a no, lot more. No, no, we love college. Yeah, college, that's, okay. College is, all right, pros is playing for yourself. It's a job. You're an independent country. Yeah. College, you're playing for a campus. You're yeah. playing for history. You're playing to be a part of history. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody now, we, we, we divide each other by what college you went to. Like, college yeah. is everything. That's your family. That's your future family. Like, now, when I sit out there and I talk to Montana Sweat and I talk to Emmanuel Ford, we bulldogs. We don't even call each other. We call each other bulldog. What yeah, a bulldog. Yeah, yeah. What a bulldog. So it's it's a brotherhood that's forever. And, and we got other people joining that family every year, from the student body to new athletes every year. So that's why when we say we SEC, yeah. That's what we say at games. We are the SEC. We mean that. Yeah. Uh, it's us against everybody else. And welcome. Thank, hey, welcome, uh, Longhorn. Let's go, we- man. Hey, we- Next we- year, let's go. Welcome to <laughs> welcome back home. That's what I got to say. Yeah. Welcome back home where y'all belong. Oh, man. It's going to be great. I'm so how, excited. How do, y- how do you feel about the future of Texas in the SEC? Here's what I feel like. I feel like that. We're going to be all right because we got the money. Yeah. But also, I am very aware of the fact the SEC is the SEC. Texas has struggled for 10 years in yeah. the Big 12. So I think this is the year, but everybody's been saying that for the last decade. We're going to be all right. We're prepared for it. I think in the right way. I like Sark, but I know what's coming. Well, you got you got, you got got Quinn, the quarterback there yeah, yeah. now. I think he'll be a first-round pick. You got Arch Manning. 
You Wait, got Arch Manning. Come on, man. You got to be feeling good <laughs> I, I about Arch Manning. The fact that he wanted to go to Texas is huge. And he didn't take a dime if people say, oh, sure, he doesn't have to. Yeah. His family's multi-millionaire again and again and, and again. The janitor in their family is rich. Oh, right. I, if you're a Manning, you are rich. He's fine. But I'm not right. just saying the one thing I think y'all would not have a problem with is recruit. Y'all just yeah. won't have a just problem. Just being with in it. Texas. Now, I think Oklahoma is going to be for open for a wide awakening. I hope you're right. right I hate now. A rude awakening. I hope you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. It's going to be hard for them to recruit and keep up recruiting. Because mm-hmm. the one thing they don't recruit well now is defense. Like, they've never been a defensive team. That's right. Like, if and they you, were awful last year. And if year. you don't play defense in the SEC, you don't win. So, what's going to happen now? Because as we're recording this in what a couple days ago yeah washington and oregon are going to the big 10 i can't wait until washington has to go to rutgers or whatever it's going to be yeah we're headed i mean we're steaming towards like the super conferences in college football we are three three like exactly now the question is who is the dead conference is it the pac-12 pac-12 is it the big 12 it's the Pac-12 is done. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the Pac-12 is done, and I think it's all about TV deals now. It's mm-hmm. all about TV deals. I think the Pac-12. This is what I heard from the, from the Pac-12. They got an offer from Apple TV mm-hmm. streaming service. Yeah, for like ten dollars. It, it was the worst deal <laughs> of all time. Like nobody wants to see now. What I can say about the Big Ten is now the Big Ten is going to try to fight with the SEC by being bi coastal. Right, they're gonna they're gonna actually be able to start a mm-hmm. game at twelve o'clock a.m. noon on the East Coast and still have a ten o'clock game on the West Coast. So they will play all day long while we are in the Southeastern Conference. That's we true. will only be playing till like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. What's gonna be fascinating too is when they eventually expand the playoff. Is it going to be, are they going to give a little credit to the ACC or is it going to be Big Ten SEC? Because you know the ACC, those teams are trying to leave too. No, no, they're trying to leave. They're too. trying to leave right like now. The, the ACC is that conference that just, just dare. They just, they just dare at the <laughs> prom. Nobody's dancing right. with them, but they dare at the prom. Like, we don't know what the SEC, I mean, ACC is going to be. And that's why my big question for the SEC is who are you going to steal? Do you want Florida State and Clemson? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want North Carolina and Georgia Tech? Because you you, you might want Georgia Tech as a tech school yeah. into your conference, GPAs up, different blend of ball. Plus, you want to be able to give Georgia some recruiting uh, uh, competition in Georgia. Because yeah. now Georgia is the only SEC school in Georgia. If you put Georgia Tech in there, now it's two, yeah. like everybody else. All right, so everybody else, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, all of it. Florida also, if they put Florida State in, I have Florida and Florida State. So we're excited about the NFL. We're excited about college football. When we're not watching those, what are you watching? I'm watching everything. Um, hey, listen, my, okay. hey, Righteous Gemstone is one of my favorites. I have not seen that. Uh, listen, it's hilarious. Like, I love the last. My dad is a preacher also. So I get the mega church thing. I, yeah, you, you probably see little. Yeah. You looking at me like, your dad can't be a preacher. I was, I, I was, I was like, yes. sometimes you look at me and you go, Jinx, I'm a sinner. Yeah, hey, listen, I am. I, listen, at the end of the day, my daddy is a preacher. Really? I am a preacher's kid. I'm a PK. Okay. That's what they call us, pre k I'm good with that. I understand the good book. Righteous Gemstone is one of my favorites. I love it. Uh, what else I got going on? Uh, I did watch the new Transformer movie. How I was that? I did like it. Was it all right? I liked it. Because you know what? We got nostalgia from the old days. Yeah. We watched the cartoons. Yeah. So I got to watch the Beast Wars and stuff like that. So to see that brought to light, mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I didn't think it got a lot of love like it should have got. But Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I'm a big Marvel guy. I love Marvel. 
Did you see the, I feel like this would be up your alley, like the documentary on the American Gladiators? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, that was great. No, listen, I didn't know by watching it how injured they got. All, I didn't realize too that early on, there was no padding. We were talking about bad teams like the bad. It yeah. was just concrete. Con- yes. Con- they had, and those games early, no idea what they were doing. No, I didn't even know what type of games they was playing. <laughs> like, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those shows based off appearance, because mm-hmm. you need to be buffed to oh, be yeah. on there, female or male. Yeah. You need to look like Thor to be on it. Yep. But then it was also testing your athletic prowess. Usually, the, the guys at Go's Gym, they're not great athletes. Exactly. They're great weightlifters, but they're not great athletes. They can't run around with right. balls and do stuff like that. But I did watch it. I thought it was it, it brought an insight that we haven't yeah. had into it. So, I want them guys, I would have taken American Gladiators over wrestling. Once I found out wrestling was fake... It broke my heart. Oh, I used to think, I swear to God, because, do you remember the Von Erics? I don't know if you remember the Von Erics. I'm a big Coco beware. I'm oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay. I, okay, so you know they're coming out with a Von Erich movie in I, December called The Iron Claw, and Zac Efron is going to play Kevin Von Erich. Oh, is he? Yes. Is he? Can he get buff enough to do that? I've seen the pics. Like, he looks pretty big, so I love the Von Erichs. I, t- I did a story with Kevin, this is 20 years ago. I yeah. St- I spent two days on his ranch with him, so I love wrestling. But the reason why I mention that is their primary rival was Ric Flair, Flair. and I hated hated Ric Flair. Nobody hates Ric Flair. Listen, I was a British Bulldog. Okay, I loved the Ultimate Warrior. I love Coco Beware. Listen, I loved them all. Like, wrestling just had this nostalgia to it in the 90s. Different than, like, now I cannot, I will not watch it now. But yeah. back then, I thought the characters, the Million Dollar Man, like mm-hmm. the characters were just so in depth in what they did, and and, and they and they 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 showed the character, they played oh, the yeah. part, and that's what I love. What got me was, and the reason why I could never accept that it wasn't real was the blood, because I didn't realize, you know, they put the the razor, you know, tape it on the inside, and then scrape their head like that, and then they're yeah. bleeding. I'm like, he's bleeding. How can yeah. that be fake? He's yes. bleeding, yes. you know? So if I see Ric Flair bleeding going, no, you know how he did sit on yeah. his knees, and yeah, then yeah. he pulls something on you. I was like, that's real. Oh, no. Listen, if Andre the Giant body slam you, that's real. Now, <laughs> yeah. where we got lost in the shuffle was the fact that they're protecting each other. Like, so, I, I then I start to say, now nah, I look at it more as a sport because they do have to protect each other. And they are athletes. And they are athletes. Yes. Now, I'm not going to take that away from them, but they also is scripted. Yes. So, so Hogan having that championship for 33 years was scripted. <laughs> right. that, 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 that's what it was. And also, you know, he would never beat the Giant. Uh, hey, you know what? Macho Man Randy Savage. I did watch... I, I did watch it, I think on Netflix, where they broke it down. And Ho Hogan yeah. was like, Macho Man came to my room and he, he could never turn it off. So he was like, Oh, <laughs> like he couldn't, <laughs> Hulk, what you doing? Like he, he could not turn off the character. Is that right? And Ho Hogan was like, He was one of my best friends, but he just could ever turn it off. Like he, he could not turn off the, 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 the Macho Man Randy Savage part of it. When I was in college, the best class I ever took, there was a class called History of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And our instructor was Terry Todd, who taught Mark Henry. Oh, Remember right. Mark Henry? Yeah, I do. So all, and this was, there were a ton of football players in this class. Yeah. And we would watch, he would say, All right, today's assignment is we're going to watch WrestleMania. And we're gonna have a test at the end of the week. That was multiple a hell of choice. A play. And it was oh, it was amazing. <laughs> and so I'd sit there and watch WrestleMania and the questions were 
who body slammed Andre Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Ace that class. Hulk Hogan is the only person to body slam Andre. The and I think he told a story where after that, like he could feel the pec. His pec tear. Rip it. Yes. Yes. Come on, Andre Giant was 400 pounds. Oh, he was like 600. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, man. Like, oh, maybe he wasn't 600. I, I, no, no. He was huge. Imagine practicing it. Oh, my God. Imagine, they couldn't have. They couldn't have. They, like, I'm saying, like, Hulk had to be like, I don't know if I'm going to pull this off. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm just going to belly belly suplex him. I'm, I'm going to do something <laughs> to change the game right now. Uh, you're changing the game. Hey, it's great to be with you on this podcast. Give me one thing before we wrap things up that you're looking forward to coming up at training camp. Well, all I'm looking for right now is Sam Howe's progress. Mm -hmm. That's all thing yeah, I care yeah. about. And I don't care about the defense being in front of the offense at this point in time because we always in front of them yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point in time. Like, I want to see his maturation. I I want to see him get better each and every day. I, the more and more I study him, the more and more he reminds me of Tony Romo. Tony Romo was a call. better athlete than most people gave him credit for. Very elusive in the pocket, can make every throw. Sam Howell has the same body type. He has the same arm strength, and he has the same athletic ability. So if you're telling me he Tony Romo, I think we got a chance to win. You take that every other week. Cowboys aside, yeah. talent-wise, you uh, take uh, that. Uh, listen, I can't, I, I can't get mad at who you used to be married with. Right? <laughs> right, right. Right. But at the end of the day, that's who I look at him as, and I I, and I have went head-to-head -head with Tony yeah. a million times. I got plenty of respect for him. That's Fred Smoot. I'm Michael Jenkins. It is the Get Loud podcast presented by SeatGeek. We're going to see you guys next week. Get loud! This week, we have a brand new episode of the Command Center Podcast. I know you're always jacked about yeah, that. Yeah, my guy Logan Paulson, a.k.a. Thor. My guy Santana Moss, a.k.a. the Black Panther. We enjoy it all. <laughs> also, our flagship show, Command Center, comes your way with another episode and live from training camp on Tuesday. And you gotta love that. I see you there, fans. It's this week. The views and opinions expressed by our podcast guests and or hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Washington Commanders or any of their representatives. <laughs>